Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show, we talk about rate of force development. The Ask Mike Reinald Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here, Champion PT in Performance. We're here answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about, just ask away. Head to MikeReynolds.com. Click on that podcast link, and we will keep answering your questions. Let's see. Today, we have uh, Mike Scaduto, Dewesh Podell, Jonah Monlock. Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, Kevin Coughlin, and Lisa Lowe. I was I was like zigzagging through Zoom that time. I was trying to do a different wave pattern in there. That was interesting. But uh, anyway, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Len, who do we have for questions? Uh, who do we have for students today? We have a lot of questions about these students. Um, we have. I'm going to mix it up a little just because it's been a few weeks and we've really gotten to know them. And I feel like Chris Clary has really emerged these past few weeks and months to uh, emerge as an amazing student. Chris Clary from Anderson University. He's still wearing red for those watching. He hasn't changed his clothes in a, in a, in a month. Uh, Dan Millen. No, nobody watches. Really, nobody no. watches. I mean, this is, this is a 99% listen. But anyway, yeah, sure. Dan <laughs> Quillen from Mary Baldwin University. You guys got to watch. Like, I feel like there's so much benefit to seeing our faces. And Luke Hopper from UAB University of Alabama at Birmingham, but I get it. You're driving in a car listening to us right now. Like I do when I listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Len, do you, do you listen to this podcast afterwards? <laughs> I don't no. I, I live it. Uh, that's awesome. All right. What do we have for a question today? Who's up? So for a question to today. Up to Luke. Yeah. Luke. <laughs> for a question today, we have Bobby from Arizona. Bobby says, Hey everyone. I'm hearing more about focusing on rate of force development and not just strength and peak power. Is this something that you work on at Champion and any advice on how to get started? Luke, I mean, dramatic improvement from your first episode. I mean, that was that was a dramatic read right there. That was, you know, what I mean, I if I wish we had somebody that edited this for us because we could add some dramatic music to you a- asking that question. I think that would that would really flow for the episode. But uh, great job, Luke. I, I'm impressed. So, all right, rate of force development, right? This one, I've I've been I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this on the internet a little bit. And again, I I, I think it's great that the physical therapy world um, is getting more uh, specific with what they're trying to do. I like that. We're not just working on strength. We're not just working on power. We're actually going to get a little bit deeper there and how fast can you produce that power? That's actually some pretty cool stuff because that's, that is, I think one of the things that the strength and conditioning world does really well, right? And they work with their athletes really well. I like that physical therapy 
is getting into that concept as well. We see that a bit online a little bit, right? Um, why don't we talk about it from both lenses, right? So Len, you want to maybe start because this is something we do with, uh, you know, you know, it, we, uh, you know, it, it's talked about a lot in like ACL reconstruction and return to play stuff and those types of things. But what's your thoughts on rate of force development in the rehab setting, right? And, and when or if, you know, do you even, you know, start to focus on this in, in the rehab setting? Right. Yeah, no, I think now that it's becoming more affordable to have force plates and being able to measure this stuff in a PT clinic and not just in a lab, um, we probably need to start understanding this better. And I am actually still trying to understand it more and follow people on social media that probably are a little bit more advanced in their thinking with this stuff. And it's great to have kind of a new thought process on this. So I think now that we have, we use the vault system to be able to measure and we use a handheld dynamometer called a dynamo. And we can look in our, um, and we used to use the, we use the force frame as well. And so we can look at the plot of their, um, of their kick of their extension or their hamstring, uh, kicks and can see actually how it, um, how quickly they can get to max effort, um, power. And I think, uh, having that information, I think is valuable. We know that when people tear their ACL, um, it happens, I mean, almost, milliseconds it's like 50 milliseconds after the grad the foot hits the ground they are in a position where they're going to tear their acl and so do they have that uh quick ability that quick power production ability to try to transfer their weight back and get out of that you know dreaded position of, of tearing their acl and so we can look at during our kicks how quickly can they obtain max effort, you know, quadricep contraction? And I think that's going to be the key is in comparing it to the other side, comparing it to their good side. And you can kind of see a peak, uh, how quickly that peak occurs and compare it to the good side and then try to figure out, you know, if this is six months out and you're just beginning to work on power production because you've been working on strength and hypertrophy, um, you can start to see the peaks are starting to be off. They're off because people don't have that exact power that they can produce. And so we start incorporating that concept into their rehab of creating a faster, um, a faster contraction when they're doing exercise. So you think use things like gym aware, not to throw all these products at people, but gym aware can give feedback on how quickly people can, um, you know, contract that muscle in their when they're doing a deadlift or when they're doing a squat. Um, and I think that those little tools will help the person be able to get that faster contraction, that more power production. So when we continue to measure rate of force development and try to, uh, basically make it symmetrical, then I think we feel more comfortable with the person. They feel more comfortable getting back to their sport, again, where milliseconds of time could mean an ACL tear or not. And so I think we need to be able to get that uh, quick force production uh, returned and restored before we allow our athlete back on the field. And and do you see like when, when people are progressing, right? So let's say coming back specifically from something like an ACL, like a big like surgery like that. Um, and do you sometimes see where maybe that the, the, the ability to produce torque isn't far off from the other side, but it's just much slower that they get to that peak torque, right? Yeah, and, definitely. And is that what, I mean, what do you think that is that? Is that a neuromuscular thing? Is that a self-confidence thing? Is that pain? Is that I would say it's like, probably more, hopefully it's not pain at that point. And it's not a self-confidence thing. They want to be able to do it. It's just, they don't have the neuromuscular firing um, to be able to get that. And I think that's where we come in. So early on in the rehab process, I am constantly, and I'm talking six weeks out when we're just starting to do squats and you know, a deeper squat, I'm talking about them getting out of the bottom of the squat in the concentric component of it, I want them to think about moving a little faster 
than they think they should. I want them, the muscle to kind of get reeducated and that neuromuscular control. I mean, when we're talking neuromuscular, we're talking nerve to the muscle, right? It's just how quickly is that contraction occurring? And it's delayed. It's, it's slower in an injured leg and an injured knee. And so I'm constantly trying to get them early on to think about a, a faster firing of the muscle as they're coming out of the bottom of the squat, for example. Um, and I think that's going to get better carryover as we go through the months and months of rehab. When we start testing them at six, seven, eight months out, that hopefully that earlier concept um, is carrying over and they can get a better, uh, a faster rate of force, a peak force development. Uh, And to continue with product placements though, but just like jumping in there, I mean, I I do, you know, we use the vault force plates as well. And, you know, I I think that's been one of the the things I've been excited most about using them is the biofeedback nature of actually allowing the patient to see the graph of their force output in, especially like side to side. Um, and then you could actually say like, all right, on this next one, let's get the slope of that curve like a little bit more steep, right? I mean, that's right. huge, right? Yep. Because a lot of this probably is neuromuscular, right? And they're just, they have that inability to do that, right? Yep. So, um, you know, super interesting. So, uh, you know, strength coaches, like, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on what we do on healthy people. But before we get to that, one question I have for you is this is oftentimes, like we say, for example, like, what, you know, not to say what's the point, but like, you know, to, to work on power, you have to have a baseline of strength, right? You have to have a baseline of strength to get a good power output, right? So if you're weak, why, you know, don't go crazy working on power and, you know, don't misconstrue what I just said right there. But like, you know, the concept is like, get a good base of strength before you work on power. Do we need to have that base of strength and that base of power before we start working on that speed of power development then? Is that like a a component you work like in parallel or is that something that you think builds in that fashion? I don't know who, who wants to tackle that question, Jonah, maybe. Yeah, I, I can hop on that one. So uh, 100% you're right that you need a certain amount of force output before it's worth working on uh, rate of force development. Now, if you look at power, all it really is, is a combination of force and velocity. Um, so really, power is going to be just an expression of your rate of force development. Um, so you might have somebody who has high force output, but low power. And that's probably somebody who has a lower rate of force development because they're not hitting that velocity component. So I do think before you start to train it, it is huge to make sure that you have good overall force production. And then from there, can you produce force quickly is the next question, which you can see through power or through an actual rate of force development measure. I, I love that too. And that's, and sometimes you see like on Instagram, like you see people that are, you know, you know, maybe a little early and you're like, man, they don't look very strong. They don't look very powerful. But, and then someone's working on how fast they can produce that power. Like sometimes I've, I've wondered, I'm like, is that out of order a little bit? But um, what do you think, Dave? I just had a thought for Jonah. What's the measurement of eccentric, like, over, like what that deceleration one that we use? I forget the name off the top of my head, but I feel like that one's super important for what Lenny was talking about with like breaking force. Yeah. So on a counter movement jump, we'll look at, uh, eccentric deceleration rate of force development. So that's when you're throwing on the brakes during a counter movement jump. So at the very bottom, as you're loading, how quickly can you throw on the brakes? Uh, which honestly leads into a really good point on all this is that the client or patient needs to know that speed is a component of the test. So if you do a counter movement jump and you just tell somebody to jump high, you probably don't want to look at that eccentric rate of force development as a measure. They need to know that you want them to drop fast in their jump and then jump high for that to be a reliable measure. Same with a mid-thigh pull. If you're just telling them to pull as hard as they can, you're not saying pull hard and fast. You're not going to get 
good, reliable outputs on the mid thigh pole. Same on a knee extension. The client needs to know that speed is key, just like Lenny was talking about on his squats when he's doing that with patients after an ACL. I like. I think you added another variable there too, Dave. That you know, again, if if you go out of order, you just wonder if you're 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 programming suboptimally. But if you don't have strength and you don't have power, but then if you don't have eccentric braking control, what's the point? On I don't I don't want to say what's the point. I mean that sounds you know misleading, but you know what I mean. Like the like if your focus is on rate of force development, but you can't eccentrically break the concentric movement to then produce force quickly it, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things right you're just doing the wrong things at the wrong time so it's not just strength of power so you know you could argue it's even that that eccentric control that's that's pretty good um all right so what about our athletes because we haven't really talked about that in terms of like performance development when do we start working on rate of force development with a healthy athlete trying to maximize their performance uh dewey what do you what do you usually do so i i would say that to a certain extent we work on it a little bit less or a little bit more on everyone, right? So the younger athlete that's not super strong yet, it doesn't mean that we don't work on anything that's speed related or, you know, the speed component of that power equation, like Jonah said. Um, it's, it's again, just going to go back to what are they capable of doing and what do they need to maximize? So the older athlete that's looking to chase a college scholarship, there we have a really good base of strength. Um, you know, there we have really good eccentric control. Well, we can probably focus on a ton of velocity work including on our lifts. And then obviously from some of our jumping variations, making that a little bit more, you know, speed bias through some like assisted jumping or, um, you know, anything like that, um, that can really start working the speed component of the power equation. But uh, I would say that we work on some level of this with everyone, but maybe the older, stronger athletes just get a little bit more volume of it. Maybe they get a little bit more advanced variations of it. And to, to, to give you credit for what you're saying there, I think what you're saying is that the people that have some, again, baseline strength and power, right. Can then start to work on making that more optimal. Right. And, exactly. you, know, yeah. you know, so it, you know, and, and, and it's interesting. So, uh, so, you know, super interesting to do, like how, how do, how do we do this? I mean, obviously we have some of the technology, right. We have, um, you know, some of the velocity based training equipment that you can use. We have some force platforms and dynamometers that measure strength. Cause we, we value that. We think that was an important thing to invest in because we value that information and we value the biofeedback nature of it. Right. But can you do this without that? Sure. I mean, just, you know, I think it like Jonah kind of alluded to it, just a lot of it goes into queuing with your exercise is easy. It's like, like if you're, if you're doing jumps with somebody, right. It's not just about like how high, maybe it's about like how high and how fast, right. For example. So there's ways that you can probably do that without measuring. Right. But you know, if you have the technology and you have, you know, the, 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 you know, devices that, that you can use to measure them even better. Right. Awesome. So, uh, great. So great question, Bobby. Appreciate that. Hopefully that's a good, uh, help. I mean, this is a, this is a big topic obviously. Right. So this is something that you can definitely look into a little bit more online. There's tons of great resources and websites that talk about this, this stuff. But if, if you're a physical therapist and you're thinking about this, then you're already in the right direction. Um, I think that's awesome because, you know, you, you know, we wonder sometimes about these return to sport protocols and these re return to sport outcomes that we're seeing. You know, I wonder if some of this isn't necessarily that the, you know, the person's weak, but maybe they just they don't have the proper timing and, and force output. Like, like Lenny mentioned, which is really interesting. Thing. So, uh, anyway, appreciate it. Great question, Bobby. Uh, head to micron.com, click on that podcast link, and you can keep asking us questions. And please, please, please head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe so you keep getting these episodes, and we'll keep answering them for you. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to micron.com slash podcast.
and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReno.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.